about the distinction between weed and California sober being cool, but not being cool with the alcohol component, just because you and I both agree that's crazy. Like, so, don't give me wrong, harm reduction, like tapering yourself off to whatever. That's, that's cool. That's like, cool. Don't introduce alcohol into moderation and then call yourself sober. That will trigger you. That will trigger you. Ladies, yeah. hey, hey, we got, <laughs> we got light at the end of the title. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. I'm extremely excited today to have our special guest, Katie Deegan from Sober Saturdays. She's the CEO and founder of Sober Saturdays. And Katie's going to be our in-house expert on the trending topic, California Sober. Disclaimer and trigger warning. This episode deals with sensitive topics. We talk about everything from mental health to harm reduction, psychedelics, marijuana, and just want to notify anyone who may be listening that may be sensitive to these subjects to be cautious and we want to respectfully issue a trigger warning. The Sober's Dope podcast would like to apologize to the California sober community for jumping the gun earlier this week on the viral topic of Cali Sober and how Demi Lovato described it. We have to be careful not to stigmatize people in the recovery community who are attempting recovery or trying to make sense of their addiction and potential recovery. We must also take into account an individual's trauma, their past history, their mental health, anxiety or depression, physical pain or physical trauma, their personal drug of choice, and we must respect all forms of harm reduction whether we agree with the methods or not. We also must take into account biochemical responses for the individual and the fact that some people use different methods for alternatives to pharmacotherapy and drugs. We must sometimes think outside of the box of rehab and traditional 12 steps and remember that judgment divides us as a community. New scientific research opens up every day supporting different methods and modalities of recovery and we must always keep an open mind. My name is Pop Buchanan. I'm eight years sober and I'm never in a position to alienate anyone. And I do not and didn't intend to make anyone feel marginalized or stigmatized. We're fighting the war on the stigma of recovery and mental health every day. And within the recovery community, we must take the time to respect every individual's approach to the recovery process and not create further division. I love you all. Enjoy our episode with Katie Deegan, our expert on the subject of California Sober. Thank you. I felt responsible to do my due diligence and reach out to people in the California Sober community to really set the record straight on what exactly is California Sober and if it's consistent with Demi Lovato's description of California Sober. So the background for anyone that's new is the recovery community woke up about a week ago when Demi Lovato had her initial interviews on entertainment and across social media where she released the information that she was now using alcohol and weed in moderation. And she called, she labeled that California sober. 
And it outraged the recovery community, one, because a lot of people looked at, look up to Demi Lovato because, you know, she has this whole sober movement and it just sent a lot of shockwaves because of the alcohol part, I believe. And now we're just trying to get to the bottom of it. So I'm bringing on my expert, Katie Deegan, and we're going to go live right about now. Hey, how you doing, my friend? Good, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm not late. Okay. I wanted to thank you because, as you know, the whole recovery community is going crazy right now. Yeah. So you being our in-house expert, um, this is really going to be interesting because you're the one person I think that I know that's qualified to be an expert on what California sober is and is not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extremely important that we have some clarity here. And just to give you the disclaimer, because we're live, mm-hmm. that most people in the recovery community, I think, subconsciously always had an idea of what it may be. Mm-hmm. But the way Demi Lovato placed it, I think people just lost it. One, because I think people revere her and she has a sober song and she was always right. this. But I follow Demi Lovato and she has a lot of ups and downs and struggles like most of us because we're all in recovery. Right. And it's just interesting. I think that what triggered me. So I can only speak from my perspective. What triggered me was when I was like, you know what, what is this California sober thing? And I like Demi Lovato. So I looked at her interview and she was like, well, you know, I'm smoking weed in moderation with alcohol. And then my all of my alarms went off being a recovery, you know, coach and everything like that. And being on my journey with alcohol and with my experience with my friends with hard drugs, I'm like, you know, I used to have to barricade people in rooms who got too drunk that was trying to get outside to use. So I'm like, yo, how the hell can you use harm reduction from a hard drug like heroin with alcohol and weed? And that's where I think people just got confused. Then it's also the question of, the name California sober and people's like, well, you can't be sober if you're doing this and that. And I think there's a lot of like cloudiness there. So ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, we have Katie Deegan here. You guys already know her. She's an in-house person of the Sober's dope family, CEO and founder of sober Saturdays. And I just want you to let the world know exactly how did you come about, um, knowing or being part of the California sober movement, what it is in your opinion. And can you just give us all a a background as an expert? Yeah. So thanks so much for having me on and for jumping on this topic because I've been getting so many messages from people and it's honestly so disheartening because um, a lot of the messages I get come from, you know, emotional concern, which is obviously of course valid, but also from a lack of education around the, the whole situation. So, um, well, for me personally, like when I quit drinking back in 2018 or when my harm reduction journey started or my sober curious journey, even, um, I personally at that time wasn't even in the mindset of like, I want to completely quit drinking alcohol. Like I was like, I want to get a better, I want to be able to say no. That was my thing. Like, I just want to be able to say no when I want to. And obviously at that time in my journey, like, I don't understand, I didn't understand recovery or sobriety in the same sense that I do now. Um, but you know, something that I did know was that I still wanted to go to clubs. I still wanted to go to festivals and I, I wanted certain programs weren't going to work for me. And when I say certain programs, I say AA because I saw my family go through AA, um, you know, and it didn't work. I come from 
a family of addicts and a family of alcoholics, you know, who are still active in alcoholism and active in addiction and lots of different types of drugs. Um, and, you know, I'm the only person in my whole family from generations of addicts who have gotten out of it. And I'm the only person who I can genuinely say that I feel healed from the entire experience and that I, I can personally be around any type of drug or alcohol at this point and not be triggered um, based off of my experiences and my healings. Um, so for me, um, what Cali Sober is and what brought my understanding from my studies and my education and talking to other people in this realm is Cali Sober is um, the absence of alcohol with the presence of plant medicines. So that means, you know, psychedelics and cannabis and um, not alcohol whatsoever. So from my understanding, like what it sounds like um, Demi Lovato is talking about First of all, it sounds like she's just coming around to this sort of ideology, so she doesn't know a lot about it. But it also sounds like she's starting to like doing her own type of harm reduction in hopes to get to a place of full Cali sobriety, which would be no alcohol and then the use of plant medicines. Mm -hmm. um, so like for me, the biggest thing is, is just that everyone's sober journey is different and how you get there is going to be different. And what works for some people is not going to work for other people. And for me, in my sober journey, you know, um, I've watched my family members go to all of these programs, do assisted living, you know, take the medications, go to the court ordered therapies, you know, I've seen them do it all and they're still struggling. And, you know, when I got sober, I was on five different SSRIs. I was taking, you know, I was taking Zoloft, Wellbutrin, I was taking Ativan, I was taking um, uh, a mood balancer in between. I had to take five pills a day just to feel okay not feel great, but just to feel okay. And, you know, um, my background before I started drinking and going into my fun cocaine habit was um, in Eastern medicine. I went to school for traditional Chinese medicine. Um, I've been very athletic my entire life and my relationship and um, conversation with my body has always been very close. Like I did a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation before I started doing cocaine and like I'm, I'm very, very close with my intuition. Um, obviously when I was in my addictive days, that was sort of quieted a bit. Um, but as I got more and more sober, my intuition built more. And because of that, you know, I had this intuitive feeling that my, um, SSRIs were whole, like I called it the safe zone. So they like, I wouldn't get really sad, but I also wasn't capable of getting really happy. And I lived in this realm for a while because I felt safe there. Like, you know, like I felt that my body, because of what I had gone through and my traumas and my experiences and my addictive tendencies, that I was incapable of living without them um, in a safe way. And um, my business partner or my past business partner, um, he was a psychedelic doctor. So in Canada, um, the legalities around these things are a lot different. Obviously, cannabis is legal. You can go anywhere and buy cannabis. The education around cannabis is amazing. Like I've worked with certain companies and gotten like specific education about terpenes and cannabinoids and CBD and CBG and CBN and all of this really fun, amazing stuff. Um, so, um, sorry, my ADD. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> no, um, you, you said a lot of great stuff. You said yeah. a lot of great stuff. Um, I and you know, you know what I oh I said in the beginning was I think cannabis is the best form of harm reduction. I have no beef with it. I said mm -hmm. it on our first episode about three days ago. I did an episode and it was about California sober and I went off. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, 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 but the thing was, the initial idea was that 
yeah, weed is a really, it has its benefits. It has so many benefits, yes. right? It is a drug, but it's not heroin, fentanyl, meth, right? So if someone is using it to get off of something harder, which is what harm reduction is, it's perfect. But then like me not being educated enough in the subject, I just took what Demi Lovato said for face value and was like, yeah. I heard the alcohol, it sent a lot of alarm. So yeah. um, so what you're saying is California sober is strictly the use of marijuana in a form of harm reduction and moderation, excluding all other drugs, including alcohol. Yeah. And I mean, like cannabis and psychedelics can help with more things than just um, addiction. Like, you know, I use cannabis to help with my past eating disorders, you know, to help with, um, to help with my appetite. You know, I help, I use cannabis to help with my ADHD, like in order to be able to sit down and, you know, not talk over you or interrupt, you know, like smoking really helps with something like that. Or, you know, I have insane insomnia, you know, like I usually sleep three to five hours a night without the use of cannabis. Like, I don't know what I would have to take from the doctor. You know what I mean? Right. For me, it's like, it helps me in so many aspects, you know, like I have a sex, like a sex lube that has THC in it. And oh my gosh, can I tell you from (laughs) someone who has had like sexual trauma in the past, this has helped me so much. Nice. But CBD and facial serums, like I have eczema, you know, I have THC rubs that help with my fibromyalgia that is much more prominent now that I don't drink, you know, like cannabis is an amazing tool in so many aspects, not just the way you ingest it, but topically and cooking with it, you know, it's not, it's honestly just a lack of education around it. And I think when people hear people like Demi Lovato speak like, oh, I'm smoking cannabis, they, they think about it from their perspective, like, oh, you know, like she's smoking cannabis, and then they base it off of their knowledge. But it's like, you don't know how she's using it. You don't know what that means to her. You don't know how that feels inside her body. And also, the way that she's talking about it doesn't mean that's how everyone else in the sober world uses it. You know what I mean? Like she's just a celebrity. Right, right, right. (laughs) And I think maybe because the government and FDA Mm -hmm. and all of these different administrations labeled cannabis, which is a natural substance as a drug, it it shifted people perception. And now that it's being legalized, um, maybe that will start to change in time because it sounds like it's more of a medicine and and it has multiple medicinal uses. Yes. Well, like I know even from experience with my family, who's still in active addiction and alcoholism, like I have a harder time trying to get them on psychedelics right now because they're in a gray area. But, you know, my grandma, now that it's legal and my grandpa and my, you know, my aunts and uncles, now that it's legal, they are more open to learning and understanding cannabis. Whereas like when I was in high school, you know what I mean? They were like, this is devil's lettuce. Get it out of here. Right. 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 It's it's been ingrained in us to think about it a certain way, but like, that is just like a, a, like a construct, you know what I mean? Before before these laws were on these things, these things were used as medicine, you know, and different cultures and different, you know, aspects. It's like it really is dependent where you are on the world. Right. So I just think we can't be in as closed minded, sober, as absolute. And, you know, I think so. This is the thing. Do you think that using cannabis by itself can allows if it works with the concept of sobriety so someone could say i'm sober if i'm not using my drug of choice which is problematic but i use cannabis as a form of harm reduction so i'm sober as long as i'm not drinking alcohol in my mind i'm sober 
Yeah, right? like, I think that, that's the key word. In your mind, you're sober. Like, I think as a sober community, we egotistically, subconsciously attach to these labels that really are like irrelevant to our freaking experiences. Right. Like, if something is helping me, if something is helping me stay off of heroin, right. and heroin is my problem, then I'm going to use that thing to help me stay off of heroin. Do Am I going to care what Lucy over here is telling me about my experience? No, because I'm not doing heroin. Right. You know? And right. it's like, what works for me is going to work for me. And I just have to be honest with myself and be like, I know that the these people are telling me that this isn't medicine, but I'm using it and it is a different experience than what they're saying. And so am I going to listen to what they're saying or am I going to listen to my body? Right, right. So we just have to be careful that we're not judging people prematurely and alienating people who are also on the recovery journey because yeah. that's, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Well, and like, you know, like harm reduction works for some people and cold turkey works for some people but i can tell you every addict i've ever met has never been able to stop cold turkey and you know is on like like i said you know like double digits in different rehab centers and stuff so it's like if someone wants to try a different modality to see if it works because you know they're freaking getting desperate and they've overdosed on all these other modalities then who are we to say um that's wrong Right, right, right. Who are we to say that's wrong? So we have to check ourselves. I think a lot of people are getting ahead of themselves. That's why I wanted to do this because I felt like I was coming from a pedestal on my almighty shit and I didn't have the right to do that because I'm still struggling every day. And Mm -hmm. right. And I didn't like it when people judged me when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't judge someone else who may be using that modality to do whatever they need to do. Right. But I think the fundamental issue and this is important to address Mm -hmm. the perception to kids, people who may not be as educated on what it is, people who's looking for excuse to continue to use, who's probably has problems in these areas that need to let it go. So just, I think the name, I think harm reduction, everyone has no problem with moderation. Everyone seems to be cool with California sober. People gets a little freaked out because they're like, okay, so now we're giving people some new form of creative sobriety that, it's not well studied. We don't truly understand as giving people a free pass to use. Right. Is that fair to say, or my, or is that still off base? Well, like, okay. So for example, well, in my opinion, I guess, like for me, if you Google the word sober right now, what will come up is that it only pertains to alcohol. And that's what it will tell you that the word sober only pertains to alcohol, you know? So that's why people say clean and sober because you're clean off of drugs and you're sober off of alcohol. But depending on what rehab you've gone to, depending on what program you've gone to, they're going to tell you their version of things. And then you're going to live your life with that version in your experience. But like, if you spend any time deciding for yourself, you know, or like looking things up in a way that, works for you it's like I don't know I just find that if someone is telling me that they are healing and they're getting better I'm going to pay attention to their feeling and not say yeah but what's your title you know what I mean like it's it's just ego to me it is ego and I get it and I'm looking like so you're someone who uh, you you're endorsed cannabis you use it medicinally I'm Mm -hmm. having a clear conversation with you you are sober so the other definition of sober is no noticeable effects from a substance or something like that you have no noticeable effects of being intoxicated like that it's how it affects you so for me it's like you know what I mean um that like 
it's how it affects you. I ask myself some questions. Is this making me a better person? Is this making me do a better job at what I'm doing? Am I being a better partner because of this? You know, I I ask myself these things. I don't ask myself superficial things like, oh, is this person going to think I'm acting in a way that they think is inappropriate? Not important to me. What I'm trying to do is live my best life and in my healthiest way. And if I know that, you know, I can have panic attacks from having conversations like this, or I can even come off as rude from talking over you because of my ADHD. And I know that if I smoke weed beforehand, that will eliminate those things and make me show up better here. Then that's what I'm going to pay attention to. Not, oh, I wonder if this person is going to think a certain way about me because of their own perception of this instead of what my actual experience is. It's amazing. You, you're amazing, by the way. You know, I, I, we got to talk more because I miss you from our last... <laughs> And, you know, you opened my eye up. I kind of feel a little bit bad because, you know, I think I jumped on the bandwagon too fast. Um, And, you know, I was looking at the Urban Dictionary and the definitions of California Sober Online. Um, It's just tough. It's tough because, you know, everyone wants to feel like there's so many of us that's just fighting to stay in this lane to keep it together. And Mm. we I think we're very prideful of our recovery and sobriety and, um and it's it's just it's just unfortunate that's important you know to be prideful but like you know it it comes back in other ways in sobriety too like in recovery people with higher numbers you know the way that they talk to people with lower numbers like i specifically don't keep my number when someone asks me i'm like i don't remember like i can tell you how many times i've drinking in three years which is five which is crazy for me for someone who used to drink five times a week do you know what i mean but like if someone talks to me and they're like, well, I'm 10 years sober. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. I don't know your experience. I don't know if you're having a good time. I don't know if you're actually healed or working on your traumas. Like that doesn't matter to me. And that's, and, and that's right. Right. I do know what you mean. And you're right. We're not taking in account trauma. Exactly. We're not taking in account the person's drug of choice and how dark their experience may be and what drug they're coming off. Someone might really be like, yo, yeah. I'm coming off of the most terrible heroin addiction ever and I'm proud and I'm doing this. And then people's judging yeah. them, which could create anxiety, reactivate the which trauma make them relapse. and you make know, them relapse. Right. Right. Judgment. Right. So relapse through judgment. This is deep. This is deep. Yeah. I need I needed this. So we need to put things in a perspective. We can't let Demi Lovato shake us up every time she has some type of shift in her. And and do we need to agree with her perspective? No. But do we need to take celebrities seriously? No. You know, just because it's on national television. Think about all the bull crap that's been on national television lately. You know what I mean? It's like, if you really want to focus on this and you want to get the right definition out, then we need to like find the people who know about it and try and get their voices heard instead of like promoting and spending all this time and all of these conversations on the wrong definition or what this person's experience is instead of what she's trying to accomplish. Right, right, right. And, you know, after our conversation earlier, I submitted a new definition to the Urban Dictionary because the one that was on there is where it created the confusion. And and I really think whoever put that on the Urban Dictionary should have did their research because that's where people are going And that's where the alcohol component is coming in. So for all of you guys who's been using cannabis only for years as a legitimate form of harm reduction and doing it successfully, this bad definition is just giving you guys so much negative publicity and so much judgment. 
Is and that- it's like the whole point of the sober community is to bring people in and to make it more accessible for people. And so it's like, right. if step one for someone getting off of heroin is cannabis and then sobriety, then why would we deny them access to this beautiful community of support that we supposedly created? Right, right, right. And I think so. Again, going back, I think everyone is most likely probably somewhat cool with the cannabis part. I think it was the misunderstanding of the alcohol and cannabis, which is kind of like a perceptual cocktail bomb that can't go that that you literally will probably go. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Yeah. Anytime I've ever used cannabis and alcohol together, it's ended bad. It ended bad. Right. So I think that's where people go. Wait a minute. That's a little bit too much. I can understand. But I think no one has beef with cannabis because even me, I did a um, few posts. And every time I talk about weed and stuff, I think about you. But I smoked weed from 15 years old all the way to when I was in my mid 20s. It did a lot of stuff for me. Now, if I ever tried. Right. It would it would affect me in a way where it well, it could be, yeah, it could be dependent on how you're using it too. Right. Like when I was younger, the way I use cannabis is not how I use cannabis now. Right. And my education around cannabis is different now. And like, you know, you're also not the same person as you were back then. So you wouldn't use it in the same way. You're different. Yeah. So we're not, like, we're not rolling blunts. Yeah. Like for example, like <laughs> I can't smoke sativas, you know what I mean? Sativas make oh. me hella anxious, hella paranoid. I won't sleep. Like I don't smoke sativas. Did oh. I know that before? No. Oh. Did I try sativas and then think weed was like the horrible? Yeah. Did I learn about it and realize like I can smoke indicas or indica hybrids and I smoke at certain times of day to help me with certain things and then it can be beneficial. Yes. But do people have bad experiences and then talk about those and never learn and have a try and have a new experience all the time. And it gives everything a bad rep. <laughs> Right, right. Let me ask you this. Why you think is um cannabis is being legalized at such a fast pace? What is it new research? Is it the finally that the science is catching up with the law and it's, it's personal experiences? Like you talk to people who use cannabis and they'll tell you it's not what we've been told. Like right. the like I didn't risk my business and like what my family thought about me and my reputation online to talk about something that didn't work. Right. You know what I mean? And that doesn't like and works in so many modalities. Like And the fact that like, you know, no one's ever died from cannabis. No one, you know, like think about what alcohol does and that it's legal. And then think about all of the things I told you that cannabis helps me with. And it it wasn't legal. So to me, it it, it gets frustrating and it sounds difficult because growing up in the system, you know, being following these systematic rules, seeing my family not get better. And then, you know, trying these things that were not legal, you know, like psychedelics and cannabis, and then being the first person the first person in generations of addiction and alcoholism be the first person to heal. And then, you know, it's frustrating because I'm like, I took a course obviously through the San Francisco psychedelic society of psychedelics. And I worked with like, my instructors were like Dr. Fadiman and people who are on the forefront of this um, research. And, you know, he told us some of the studies they did and it was incredible and infuriating at the same time, because, you know, they did tests like, tested to see if microdosing mushrooms was as potent for pain relief as opioids were. The answer is yes. Did test to see obviously if psychedelics were addictive. The answer is no. And that right there is infuriating to me when where I am in the world, we're having an opioid crisis, you know, we're prescribing things to get people off of these things. And it's also extremely addictive. And, you know, scientifically there's this known evidence with these underground therapies that these non-addictive things can get people off of these addictive things. But the problem is they're not regulated and the government doesn't make money off of them. And so they're not as widely used. 
Right, right. Dr. Fadiman is brilliant. Um, I I discovered him when I was studying under um, Tim Ferriss. And the t- so this is let's like micro dosing. Let's just talk about that, because I always was fascinated by that. Oh my gosh. And the mental health aspects. I think it's another component that people are not looking at. The use of these drugs for mental health, which takes us out the category kind of of the addiction and stuff, because it could be as different. Um it's different uses, right? So, so like, yeah, obviously when I was in high school, like the way I did psychedelics in high school with my lack of knowledge, just like cannabis is not the way that I do them now and experience them now. So like for me, one of the most incredible things that changed my perspective was watching that movie dosed. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but no, um, it's essentially about a woman from my city. Oh, so she was a, she was a heroin addict for 15 years and then was on methadone and, you know, she was still slipping up all the time. And um, she did a, a psychedelic treatment here in my, the area that I live in. And um, in one, in one dose, she was completely cured of her addictions for methadone, from heroin and from opioids. Wow. And like, I'm like, sorry, I'm like kind of shaking talking about this because yeah. So to me, you know, having family members, um, you know, who have been struggling with addiction and taking these medications for years, um, you know, and no, knowing that this medicine is there and that they could take it and it could cure them in an instance, in a day, that was insane to me. And as a person in the recovery world who as you know, talking about recovery, I thought it was absolutely absurd of me to have this knowledge and not share it with the recovery world. Right. You're very courageous for that. And I think you yeah. need more support. It, it, I think definitely you, do you feel like you have support or is it a lot of judgment and um, ridicule? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no, I, I, the more when I started talking about, you know, cannabis was one thing, you know, now more sober communities are talking about cannabis, which is great. But when I first did that, it was like a really big deal. And I like, you know, a lot of people got mad at me. And then, you know, when I started introducing psychedelics, that was even worse. You know, I had a lot of sober profiles call me out or, you know, call me out and like, yeah, try and say that like my version is wrong or that like, you know, whatever the heck they're trying to say. But it's like, it sucks because it's from a lack of education and uh, it creates segregation and they don't realize that they're pushing so many people in the sober community who need this community out and for reasons that they're even unaware of. Right, right, right. But I never, I never had a problem with the whole micro. I always was fat because I, I mean I'm a scientific guy. Like beyond all, the, beyond everything, I always was waiting for the science to catch up with that because we know there's. We always knew that going back to the '60s, um, that it was a lot. It's like the Ayah, the ayahuasca or the ayahuasca. Uh, ayah, yeah, yeah, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, yeah. right? <laughs> it's it's yeah. a, it's a spiritual thing. The DMT and the spirit right. molecules. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I definitely always understood that as far as spiritual development and um, the mental health. But it's cool now. Let me ask you, is cannabis considered a psychedelic? Um, or is uh, they're, they're separate? Is cannabis is here? I don't know. I guess like, kind of like if you smoke too much weed, I guess you can have like a psychedelic experience. But okay. I don't know if it's like labeled in the same way, like okay. under the law. Got um, you. Got yeah. you. Yeah. So, so with the California sober thing, um, is it any, like, so you really gave us a, you, you opened up my eyes one, and I just want to apologize to everyone in the community because 
the whole conversation should always be inclusive, no matter where we are on our journey. And it shouldn't be in any alienation and we shouldn't be too quick to judge and to put people in a box because that's dangerous. And if the tables was turned and I was doing something that helped me on my mental health, my trauma journey and my addiction journey, and a bunch of people was online shooting me down, that's Mm -hmm. enough to make anyone lose it. And that's not what sober is dope is about. And that's definitely not what I'm about. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm just, plain old pop. So I ain't, I never been fake. I never been one to judge people and I can't. That's why I felt like I had to be a bigger person and reach out to you and find someone I trust. Cause I was racking my brain. I was like, Hey, you know, you know, the expert on this, she knows everything about this. Right. Um, when, when, when do you know where California sober started? Was it back in the, is it 10 years old? Is it five years old? Is it just something that was always there? Sure. To be honest, like I, I don't know that answer. Like, I know when I found it, I was just so grateful that it existed. And, you know, then, um, but like, even if you search up the hashtag and stuff, there's not a ton of stuff on it. Like a lot of sober communities are still scared to talk about cannabis. And also I think that, you know, a lot of sober profiles probably use psychedelics even and are unable to speak about it because of where they are in the world. I'm lucky being in Canada and being in Vancouver, British Columbia specifically and having the ability and the freedom to talk about these things. And that's why I took it upon myself to be the person to do this because I legally am safe to do it. Whereas lots of people in the world are not in the same position and literally cannot speak about it. Wow. Wow. You know, I Googled you earlier just to find a specific pick for a thumbnail and you came up everywhere. I said, my girl, Katie, busy, you busy. I was so proud. I said you everywhere. You have articles and stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. listen, um, she, this is definitely Katie's definitely an authority. She did an amazing episode where she really came clean on the Sober's Dope podcast about her trauma, her abuse and her past. I trust her. And this is just a new, it's just eye opening for me that um, although it may be scary when we hear these new terms and it may mm-hmm. re- trigger us or remind us of how far we came or may put scare us a bit, we can't be closed minded to what other people are going through on their recovery journey. And we have, and we must be open minded to new thoughts new behaviors and new ideas. A few people reached out to me on TikTok and said, you should be ashamed of yourself for judging people because I use cannabis for my mental health and all that. Mm-hmm. And I had to remind them like, yo, I have no beef with cannabis. I never did. Anyone that, I just can't smoke it no more because I'm burnt out. I'm fried. I'm too I'm too old. I was smoking since I was a kid, so I'm done. Really? But and 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 and, and, I, and I'm sober as dope. I pra- I just don't need it. I, I feel good. I meditate and stuff like that. But I remember one thing when I was smoking before I got into drinking. I was just a normal. I was just regular pop poetry, martial arts, meditating. Poetry? It was right. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm ill with the poetry. Oh, oh I'm ill. I, oh, we can, I I have some poems. You know, I rap too. So you know, I thank yeah. you. Word, word. And uh, I, I just remember that I, I was I had no problems when I was smoking weed as a kid. Um, but it wasn't until alcohol was introduced in my life that that generational curse and that addiction and that that, you know, that whole generational problem hit me. And I was always had a problem with it. So there's clear night and day there. I do encourage anyone out there that's struggling with addiction 
um, to be open minded to harm reduction. It does work um, to be yeah. open minded. Um, and I encourage us all just to be a little bit more compassionate. So we should cut Demi Lovato some slack. You said something really good that she's using what she's using in her way to help her on her journey. Mm-hmm. Overdosing on heroin is no joke. So if she's talking about a little pot, then that we shouldn't really beat up on her. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. Like, yeah. And like the, the my sobriety before doing psychedelics and at my sobriety after are night and friggin' day. Like the way that I always describe it are like when I was doing psychedelics or when I wasn't doing psychedelics and I was sober, I would go into like a bar or a restaurant. And even though I wasn't triggered to drink or having a craving, I was still very aware of all of the alcohol that was around me. Whereas like when I started microdosing, every thought about alcohol and every feeling around it just left. Like it was gone. Like it melted away and it it was completely different. So yeah. So it it shifted your perception um, and it changed you. And, you know, they always say that if you have a psychic change, it can enact a DNA change and you could get off something really fast. And I think that's what happened with you. Well, Katie, you know, I know you're busy. You have meetings all day. You, this has really been eye opening. I can't wait to post this on YouTube. And I'm going to do another series of videos because my first series of videos was talking about the distinction between weed and california sober being cool but not being cool with the alcohol component just because you and i both agree that's crazy like don't give me harm reduction like tapering yourself off to whatever that's that's cool that's cool don't introduce alcohol into moderation and then call yourself sober that will trigger you that will trigger you ladies hey hey we got (laughs) we got light at the end of the tunnel that was it that's it So the expert cleared it up for us and and then you was compassionate on both sides of the argument. So we all should be in agreement. Listen, Katie, I love you. You can let the world know where they can find you again real quick and, and, and any final thoughts. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at sober Saturdays with the ZFN or my personal account, even at Katie Deegan. She's the champion. Thank you so much for coming on as our expert on California Sober. Hopefully we get this episode out to everyone to really open up their minds. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Sober is Dope Podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. I love you all. Let's be compassionate. And I catch you on the other side.